Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we've been working our way through the scriptures, looking at different passages, trying to really have a basic training, equipping you for life. You know, so oftentimes, for you and I, you can get to the mode where you forget things, and you can get in the mode of just existing as a Christian and not really remembering the important truths that should be guiding you through your life. And, and that's why we've taken this time out for this series, is to to help you re-engage with those truths so that you could be all that God wants you to be, so that you can live your life in this world that you're living right now. And so we looked at some foundational truths concerning why Jesus had to come, what was our destiny without Christ, and who we are with Christ. Now we've been looking at phase two, which we are looking at as the issue of righteousness, how to live the life that God has given us. And so we've looked at several things. We've looked at the fact that he's given us a helper, the Holy Spirit. We've also looked at the reality of the new you in Christ. We've also looked at the reality that you and I can go and pray with him. So last week we talked about prayer. Today we're going to talk about the second component, which is so important for you and I in our walk with God, and that's the Word of God. Truth revealed. And so what I'm going to try to do today, from our passage, Peter addresses it very clearly in verses 12 through 21, about the importance of the Word of God. Because I'm going to be honest with you, as you try to live your Christian life, if you don't have the Word of God as a major part of it, you're just going to kind of be drifting around based on your feelings and thoughts about what you think God wants you to do. And then many times you're just going to end up being defeated. Because, I'm going to be honest with you, remember we talked about prayer, we said this about prayer. Prayer is simply you talking to God. It's not just a religious exercise. It is you communicating to God. It's you talking with Him. It's an intimate experience. It's, it's a relationship with Him. There's another component of that, and that's the Word. And the Word is how He speaks to you. You understand what I'm saying? It, the Word of God is how God speaks to you. So if you want God to speak to you, how many of you want God to speak to you? I want God to speak to me. If you want God to speak to you, He's going to speak to you through His Word. And if you don't have the Word of God as a, a part of your life, you know, then really... Chances are you're not going to hear. It's, it's not enough to simply say that we stand on God's word here. Because that really doesn't mean anything. What really means something is that you are a person of God's word. That you read God's word for yourself and you apply it to your life. And so what we're going to do is, is we're going to see today in this passage exactly why you and I need to be people of God's Word and why we need to apply it to our lives. So let's look with me. We're going to look at verse 12 through verse 21 and notice what the Apostle says in his writing. Peter writes, For this reason 
I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have a prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as light shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. We're going to basically look at three things in this passage today. First of all, we're going to talk about the need for God's Word. Why is it so important for you and I to be people of God's Word and have God's Word in our life? So we're going to talk about the need for God's Word. We're also going to talk about the testimony. What is it that God's Word testifies to us about? So we're going to talk about the testimony of it. And then finally we're going to wrap it up and look at the nature of God's Word. Why? We're going to see the testimony of it. We're going to see the nature of it. What is it that's so special about God's Word for you and I? So let's look at, first of all, the need. Verses 12 through 15. Peter's going to say to them, look, guys, especially in verse 12, he says, I am not going to be negligent. I'm not going to fall down on the job here to constantly remind you of the things of the Word of God, even though you already know them. So what's he saying here? He's saying this, truth needs to be reinforced. And you notice something about church? If, if, I mean, how many of you have been in church a long time? I mean, a long time. Okay, everybody's been in church a long time. Have you noticed that if there's nothing new, it, it seems to be the same truths reinforced over and over and over again? Have you, have you noticed that? And, and, and sometimes you'll hear pastors, and if you've been in a church a long time, you might go through a lot of pastors, and you might hear a lot of messages on the same passage. So, for instance... I probably can't even count the number of times I've heard a message about David and Goliath. Nor can you in Sunday school lessons and, and different passages. You go through Gospels. And, and even I, you know, you know, we're looking at a passage here. Do you realize I preached on this passage six years ago here? It's like, so I'm going back to the same passage. Why? Truths need to be reinforced. Now, believe me, the message is completely different. I didn't break one out of the computer bank and say, okay, I'll just preach this one this week. No, no, here's the thing. Truth needs to be reinforced. You're not going to hear anything different. You're not going to hear anything new. But you're going to hear it as God wants you to hear it so that it's reinforced in your life. See, here's the thing. It's not, Christianity is not, I've got to have something new this week, Jesus. No. God, show me what you want me to have this week for me to live my life for you. And so here's what Peter's saying in verse 12. Look with me. Look at what he says there. He says... For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. And here's what he says. 
though you know are in, and are established in the present truth. What's he saying? You guys already know this, but I need to tell you it again. Why? Truth needs to be reinforced. Here, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. One of the major struggles that you're going to have as a Christian in your life is how you view yourself in Jesus. Have you noticed that? One of the major struggles that you're going to have in your life is how you view yourself in Jesus. You say, what do you mean by that, George? Here's what I mean. I don't know about you, but you have some good weeks and some bad weeks. I, I have bad weeks, and I have good weeks. I think I just went through a bad week. I, you know how I noticed it was a bad week? Because last night, my eyeballs, my, my, the, I felt like I had 10-pound bags of cement underneath them. And I hadn't even gotten up yet. I mean, that's normal for the morning. That's not normal at 9 o'clock at night. Well, here, here's the thing. What can happen is, is a lot of times when you have a bad week, you can get into a wrong line of thinking where you think that God is looking you, looking at you based upon your week. And so God's view of you is like your week. So if you have a bad week, God's got a bad view of you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, here's what I'm saying. You can get into that line of thinking, and that line, I call it stinking thinking. You can get into a stinking thinking kind of mode. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be about your week. Somebody could do something to you. Somebody could say something to you. And here's what happens. You can quickly forget truth. What truth, George? You can quickly forget the truth of what God says in his word about who you are and how he sees you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because circumstances... Problems can overweigh all of that. And you begin to start saying, well, God must not love me. God must not care for me. I must have done something wrong. Do you know what I'm talking about? See, here's the reason. So there is such an importance for you and I to reinforce truth in our lives so that, listen to me, so that you can have it in your mind who you are and what God wants you to do. Because it's so easy for us to forget, isn't it? So easy for us to forget. Here's the other thing he says. Verse 13 to 14. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Here's what he's saying. Our memories need to be refreshed. Here's another reason why we need the Word of God, because our memories need to be refreshed. Let me ask a question. How many of you right now, if you look at your life, you'd say... You know, there have been some tough times in my past, but God got me through them. How many of you remember? Okay? All right. Here, okay. All right. Have you noticed that the last time you had a tough time, you wondered how God was going to get you through it? How many of you are like that? Here's what we did. We forgot that he got us through the other ones. Now, here's what the Word of God does. When I read the Word of God, it shows me who He is and how powerful He is, and that if He can handle the situations that are recorded in the Scripture, do you think He can handle your problem? This is what Peter is saying. As long as I'm with you, as long as I'm alive, when he talks about being in this tent or this tabernacle, as some of your versions say, is being in this tabernacle, as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to constantly remind you of truth. Truth about who? God, Jesus. So we've got to be reminded. Listen, I'm going to explain something to you. I want you to think about this. If it's been a while, if it's been a while, now I understand sometimes your week can be long. 
And you, you can't get to it. And so God's acceptance of you is not based upon how much you read your Bible. But I'm going to explain something to you. If you haven't read your Bible in a long time, months, some of you maybe even be years, I'm going to explain something to you. You're not doing well. I'm just going to say it right off. It's, God still loves you. The relationship's still there. But you're not doing well. Because you're not feeding your soul with the truth to help get you through this life. In fact, I would dare say that if you haven't read the Word and you're not in it and letting God speak to you through His Word, you're just drifting. You're like, how many of you played pinball? I remember as a boy, pinball, okay? You're like that little silver ball that's being thumped around all in different places. And for some of you, know you know exactly what I'm talking about because that's exactly how your life is. There's no stability. You're like bouncing over here, bouncing over here, and then somebody's hitting that thumper and knocking you back up all the way to the top of the game again. You know what I'm talking about? See, you and I need to be reminded of truth. That's what Peter is saying here. So we see the need for reinforcement. We see the need for being refreshed, our memories being refreshed. And then here's what it does. The, word of, the written word allows us to remember. Look up with me at verse 15. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. How did he do that? You know, he wrote this 2,000 years ago. How did he make sure that you and I would have a reminder of what he was teaching? You're holding it in your hand. The epistle. You understand what I'm saying? He ensured that you would have that truth. And not just he, but the other writers as the Holy Spirit moved them. Ensure that you would have the truth of God. Long after they were gone, we still have their what? Truth. See, the written word allows us to remember the word of God for our lives. The word of God for our lives. So we see the need. So you and I need to have the Word of God. Let's move on now. We're going to go to verses 16 through 18. And so, okay, we need it. So what's it about, George? Here's the testimony. He's going to tell us what the testimony is of it. Look with me. First of all, verse 16. For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. The first thing I want you to notice about, about the Word of God is this. He's saying this. It's not based on myths. It's not based on myths. See, they didn't have, the apostles, after Jesus died, didn't have a backroom meeting where they said, Okay, guys, he's gone. We gave up that fishing thing. Let's, let's devise a whole new religious system. Let's claim that he rose again, that he's God. And let's, let's put ourselves in harm's way. James, be sure and get yourself beheaded. The rest of you... Make sure that you go and live your life in such a way that they're going to put you on a cross or, or they're going to boil you alive or, or they're going to skin you alive or, or they're going to hang you or burn you. Uh, live your lives in such a way that, you know, forget that fishing thing. I think this is the way to go. We're going to create a whole new religion here. Peter's saying no. These were not cunningly devised fables. I mean, you think about it, all right? Of the twelve, the one who would replace Judas would make complete the twelve. Of the twelve, all of them were martyred except one, John. If this was just some cunningly devised fable, do you think they would do that? This is what Peter's trying to say. We're not following myths here. What we're communicating to you, what we're putting our lives on the line for, is not some clever myth. 
It's not some fable. It wasn't just conjured up in some back room somewhere. What we're talking about is truth. That's what he's saying here. The testimony of what we are giving to you is truth. It's reality. And here's what he does. He goes on and he says, well, it's not a myth. What is it then? Here's what he says to us. It's based on historic fact. Look with me. Last part of verse 16, verse 17 and 18. He says, When we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory, when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice when it came from heaven, and we were with him on the holy mountain. What's he talking about here? All the way over in the Gospels, there's an incident that's recorded in the Gospels called the Transfiguration. Remember? Jesus took with him James and John and Peter, and they went up on the mountain. And when they went up on the mountain, Jesus revealed to them who he really is. He showed them all of his glory. He transfigured into all of the glory of God right there in front of them. And while he was transfigured, remember what was said? Moses and Elijah came and met with him and talked with him. And, and, and there was a voice that came from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Peter was there when he saw it. I'm sure he was freaked out. I would be freaked out. And then it ended. The experience ended, and Peter comes over to Jesus and says, "Let's let's build a tent. Let's build a let's build a we'll build a shrine for you and a shrine for for Moses and Elijah here because of what's going on here." That's not what he wanted. Jesus said no. Why? Because he wanted them to see who he really was. And this is the point that Peter is making many years later, probably 20, 30 years later, he's making the point, this is not some cunningly devised fable, folks. We saw him. We witnessed him. He was God. And this is what we're trying to tell you about. And see, this is what the Scripture communicates to us about, is what? He's God. He's God. And see, so if you go to the other epistles, like for instance, what, is, what does Paul say? And this is the gospel. That he was what? Seen by 500. What? After his resurrection. He's alive. See, the need for it is for you and I to have constantly reinforced in our lives that we're not just following some fable, that we're following truth, and we're following someone who is alive and who's God. Do you understand that? That's what the testimony is. Because let me just stop for a moment. Think with me for a moment. Maybe I'm the only one who goes through this. Do you ever have thoughts like, is this all for real? You mean you have those thoughts, George? Yeah, I do. Especially when I don't understand what he's doing. Doubt is normal. Can I be honest with you? Doubt is normal. And doubt is not a bad thing because doubt is actually a good thing if you allow it to strengthen your faith. If you channel that doubt into a serious seeking after him, it's always a good thing. So doubt is normal. So here's what, here's what happens. You could be sitting there and you're wondering, is this real? Are you real? Can you do this, Jesus? Can you handle my problem? Can you get us through this difficulty? 
And even, even, even if you don't get us through this difficulty, can I hold on to you? Here's what you do. The testimony tells you who he is. What's the testimony? The word. The word. It's historic fact. Listen, the problem is, can I be honest with you? Nobody denies that Jesus existed. Can I be honest with you? There's enough historical evidence to the fact that Jesus existed. Even from antagonists, even from those who hated Christianity. All the way back, within the first hundred years, there is testimony of Jesus' existence. Now they'll say, you know, like, you know, if you read the Jewish literature of the time, they'll say he was a witch. Or if you read the Roman literature of the time, they'll say he's the founder of a sect that's causing us problems right now. And the reality is, listen to me, no one denies his existence, but the eyewitnesses give you the account right there as far as who he, who he was and what he's going to do later when he comes back. See, that's reality. It's based on historic fact. It's not just fable. So you say, okay, I see what the testimony of it is. What's Peter tell me about the nature of it? Here's what he says. Look with me at verse 19 through 21. He's going to point out three things for you and I that are basically going to tell us how we can be sure about this word. Look with me, first of all, at verse 19. He says this, And we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Here's what he's saying. God's word is sure. It's certain. It's sure. It's certain. We have the prophetic word confirmed. What's he talking about? See, here's the thing. When you look at the Old Testament, there are prophecy after prophecy after prophecy that point to who? Jesus and his coming. Period. Jesus was a fulfillment of so many different prophecies. We have the prophetic word confirmed. What's he talking about? The testimony of Christ. The word of God. And I'll be honest with you. There are prophecies that talk about the Messiah coming the first time that also talk about him coming the second time, and we know that those prophecies are sure. It's coming. See, you don't have to wonder whether or not you can believe it. It's sure. Now, in fact, let me just stop for a moment. The issue of whether or not you believe it really is a choice and an issue of faith. You understand what I'm saying? So, for instance, archaeology is continually showing that the historical facts that are listed in the Scripture as far as kingdoms and this and that, it's yet to disprove what it's saying. Because they're continually finding things to prove what it's saying. Okay, so it's proving, it's proving itself archaeologically. But you know what? Here's the thing. You still have to make a choice whether or not you're going to believe it or not. So you have to make a choice whether you believe it or not. And so that really is an issue of what? Faith. Whether you are going to trust what he says when he says, this is my word, or whether or not you're not going to. It's really an issue of faith, isn't it? So here he is. The first thing he says to us, we have the prophetic word which is made certain. What is he saying? God's word is sure. The next thing, verse 20, he says, knowing this first, that no prophecy is of any private interpretation. What's he talking about here? Actually, what he's talking about here is really the issue of private origin. Is another translation of that word. So what's he saying here? God's word is not the result of man. God's word is not the result of man. 
Now, God used men to write it, but it's not something they would write on their own. So, for instance, David, when he writes the Psalms, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know about you, but how many of you like to air out your dirty laundry? How many of you like to come into a room and, how's your week been today, Billy Bob? Well, it's been pretty, it's been okay. Cheated on my wife, murdered my best friend, stole from my boss. Other than that, things are going okay. How many of you do that? No, nobody. When you talk about your own sins, you do what? You keep them private. But I'm going to be honest with you, when you look at the Bible, David writes about his sins. Moses writes about his sins. Peter writes about his sins. And believe me, Peter had a lot to deal with. See, this is what he's trying to say to us. When we look at the Bible, it's not just another book. You say, how can you be sure about that? Well, they've done something very interesting. They have a lot of other pieces of literature from around the time of Peter and around the time of David and so forth. And when you normally look at the literature of that time period, when they talk about themselves, the kings, when they talk about themselves, the most constant thing that you'll see is, is that they tend to be braggarts. They always talk about the great things they've done, they never talk about their failures. One thing you see about the Bible is, when it talks about somebody in the Bible, it more than likely will tell you about their what? Failures. Failures. So when you see the great men of faith, you see Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to be honest with you ladies, you wouldn't want him for a husband. You say, why? Well, whenever somebody else takes a keen interest in you, He's passing you off as his sister. And he lets you go with them. Because he's afraid for his own skin. You see my point? This is not the kind of stuff that you would write. This is what he's saying to us. God's word is not the result of man. The other thing is, is he's just going to go right out and he's going to say it in verse 21. Here's what he says. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Here's what he's saying. God's Word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. God's Word is inspired. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? When you look at the Bible, when you read it, you can't help but grasp the reality that there's something about it because it's just as relevant today as it was back then. His Word is just as relevant today as it was back then. The truths come out of the page. God speaks to you out of the pages and communicates to you things that are so relevant for your life today that need to be applied because they're breathed from God. He moved these men to write these words. And when you look at the 66 books, you can see how they all fit together. But see, you've got to make the choice about it. Because the very nature of what you hold in your hands is God revealed through Word. You know, I've, I've often said, I want to see God. And one day I will see God. But He's chosen to reveal Himself through these words. You see how important it is for you and I to have it in our lives? You know, if we, as we think about it, as we talk about basic training and equipping ourselves to lives, the Word of God has to be important for your life. You can't live without it. Oh, you can try to. But you know what? Here's the thing. You're going to be anemic. You're going to be malnourished. 
and it's going to come out in your frustration towards God. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.